welcome back to another episode of Teaching with the Body and Mind. I'm here with Joey. Hey. Mike. Hey. And Tom. Hi. And we touched on this topic maybe indirectly in some ways from growing up in my own kind of childhood of being an athlete and playing sports, thinking about sports in my my own kind of growing up, but also kind of what it looks like now, kind of how the mindset has changed over the years in that it feels like, and I think we, we all would agree, that now... Sports in in child in childhood maybe even in, even into early childhood have become far more organized and far more adult facilitated adult led and that we're missing that aspect of it just being playful and I guess maybe that's where I kind of just thought experiment or just the idea of like is there a detriment is there harm happening is there is there benefit to this and where do we go with this because I feel like there's mm-hmm. well I think stuff. what drives it is um, going back a few weeks ago Tom talking about that. Uh, being governed by fear. Mm-hmm. And I think there's this idea that sports are the only um, activities, physical activities at least, that there's an adult kind of in charge, keep kids safe, mm-hmm. that we couldn't just send them out in the woods or the playground mm-hmm. or whatever. It's like yeah. they can go do but this. People, people have gotten the message that kids should be active. Right. And, yeah. I mean, you know, it's sort of, it's like, it's like it was such a good, it's a great intention, right? Oh, my kids should be physically active and getting stronger and right. with their peers, you know, all these elements that are very good about right. being involved in sports. Um, but then what we but know the only about, way adults know how to do that is... Is by putting a lot of rules on soccer, it. soccer or play right. whatever. Yeah. Right. That's where I was wondering, is it is it kind of stemming from the fact that there's these being active for 30 minutes a day or so, you know, like several times a day or five times a week, that there's these movements to get to reduce childhood obesity, which I think we all will agree on that as well, that we want children to be active. We The name of the podcast is Teaching with the Body and Mind because we know that learning is movement and movement is learning in, in early years and beyond those years. But adults don't know how to either facilitate it or step back and trust that right. she'll do it. A lot of fear is when we call it soccer, then it seems like there's these skills we're supposed to. I think it's right. too young to be teaching specific skill. Mm-hmm. That kids should be moving their bodies in lots of ways. And if they want to interact with balls, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But each kid's going to want to do something different. You know, so a kid wants to throw things or a kid wants to catch things or bounce things or you know bounce something off the wall or kick the ball, like mm-hmm. whatever they want to do and follow that rather than we're all going to line up and kick a ball back and forth or, yeah. you know, and so it, does depend on how it's done. I'm sure there are people who are just like throw out a bunch of soccer right, balls. We're here to field. have fun and, and right. all that kind of stuff. So if you if you look at uh, the so- soccer culture in Brazil or Italy, what happens there is that they just play on the beach. Yeah, and there's this thing called futsal, which is a small version of soccer. Right, where it. There's there really is nobody telling you what to do or how to do it. You're just learning how to um, manipulate the ball with your foot in the milieu of everybody else doing it. And so as I, I was just thinking, you know, you it seems to instill a lifelong love of that game mm-hmm. because if you go to parks here in the Twin City, you will find lots of soccer games right. of, of of adults who weren't ever playing on the professional level but played as children. Right. Whereas what we find um, in our call kids who play sports at some point at some point in time they just say right, i'm not right. going to play anymore because it's no fun because mm-hmm. the adult is always telling me what, how to do mm-hmm. it oh you're not really doing it. right well that's because i was thinking back as you were talking about i think i don't remember much about my ymca sport days but i remember some of the pictures we had in my kind of keepsake box and it's probably five or six when i had my first soccer team in the gym at the ymca in our neighborhood and it was you know from my you know, either maybe small video clips or stories from my parents just that mob of children just running yep. back yeah. and all following the ball. No one knows how to play defense. Right. And, yeah. or, you know, and, and T-ball was somebody hit the 
ball and I'm building sandcastles or someone's picking dandelions in the oven. And there, so I, I don't want to poo-poo the idea that children right. shouldn't play sports because I think they're great and, mm-hmm. and I love playing. Mm-hmm. I was, yeah. every season I had some too. But they were always different sports. And it was more about just going and, again, being active and learning some skills. Because I liked that aspect of it as I got older. But couldn't yeah. you do it on your own, too? Or did I did. You, well, I or, did. Or, or was probably, it all- again, no. This not, it's not that it's bad if your kid is signed up on a little rec right. soccer team or right. a hockey. Whatever. But I think as long as people maybe are clear-eyed about um, you know, true play is going to be child-generated. Right. And I think, and I don't know if this is real or just things you feel like you hear people talk about or the media talk about, but then when you add kind of schedules to the mix, you know, like when do kids have time for, uns- I'll say, unstructured play uh, that, or child-led yeah. play when you're, you know, going to your hockey drill camp or what? I mean, like... Right. I'm sure the kids are goofing around. I'm sure they're they're coming up with their own. I'm sure there are games. I'm sure but it's there considered is play goofing around. It. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, but I'm sure there is playfulness yeah. that the kids bring to it because they're kids. Yeah. But I, but do adults know that that it's not the same as the neighborhood pickup game? Right. Or my friend, I was cracking up. My friend was talking about you know being home with her kid. He loves sports, 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 and so he just constantly wants to play a game. And it's just the two of them in the summer. She's like, she's like. Do you remember Ghost Runners? I'm like, oh yeah, Ghost Runners. You know, so they were like playing this game. Oh but, you yeah, know, like I how do you play kickball with two people, right? Yep. How ridiculous is that? You know, but that to me is kind of more playful right. than because it's it structured. Was, it was, and that's where I, that's where I'm seeing I'm, my my you know, I'm having continual flashbacks here. The we the sports going on the teams and learning the skills was great because then we took that to the recess playground and played basketball or we played right. football or soccer or something and sometimes we would follow a, an agreed upon rule or sometimes we'd modify it yeah. and say okay we only have four of us so we do have you know these ghost runners and then the arguments of well, no your ghost runner got out and like you yeah, your ghost runner was slower right but then it, but it was it was a playfulness to it that we were yeah. again it was us in control yeah. of how the aspect was going to go and then and thinking of the kind of different versions of games that we would create. I remember a game that I played with a friend from elementary school. We invented, I think it was called Socketball because it was soccer, basketball, baseball kind of combined. Yeah, we used to play soccer. And you we you have these right. different versions, but we it became really fun because we were inventing. And I think that mm-hmm. there's that aspect of and that what what you said, Joey, about it feels too scheduled. And I think that's where I'm I'm worried that parents feel like this activity that we need to get in them in all these sports. And if it's skills driven, because that's the other thing of- right. You know, especially under the age of eight, well, probably under the age of 12, you really want them to use as many muscle, many ways as possible. And then you would focus on the skill. Yeah. Not like you don't want a kid learning to pitch. The Mm -hmm. kid who pitches at the age of eight is never going to be a pitcher. But didn't Tiger Woods start playing three? Yes, and look, at he's held up a great golf player because, and so my kid needs to be able to do that. Let's start him with lessons at three. And the Williams sisters were out there at what age, right? And I think that's the problem is that you can always have balance. And there's certain people who are going to be driven, Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. and maybe that is their focus. Yeah, I mean, you read the interviews where the parents are like, we didn't push them, they they, they really wanted this, and we were kind of supporting them. I feel like you get people who are just like focused on this one thing. And, And what I really see is... I know people in various sports, like their kids are in various sports, and they'll be like, well, if they're into hockey, well, you can't do the other sports because then you go to the hockey camps off-season and focus on those same skills. Well, some of this also stems from a conversation Russ and I were having uh, off off mic about just, you know, who's in charge of kids' 
time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's what we're kind of dancing yeah, yeah, around here. Yeah. Like you're in school all day. The teachers are in charge of your time, sort of, for all intents yeah. and purposes. Yeah. And then you go, and then there's the coach in charge of your time. And so something we talk about a lot is like trusting kids to figure things out. But if they're not, you know, I guess, I don't know. I guess and maybe I'm just being nostalgic and rose-colored glasses kind of yeah. a thing. But I don't know how much just free time kids have. And you talked about, like, if practice is once or twice a week, and then you're using that free time to take what you did learn, but do it in a way that is creative and you get to control it, that's different than the kid who has a different thing. Well, this... You know, tonight's piano, tomorrow it's soccer, tomorrow... Exactly. And, and it doesn't... It's not even a sports thing. It's more about a schedule. And that's where I feel like maybe that was maybe one of the roots of where this was coming from. Because that I feel like that's what I worry about for a lot of children today. Or a lot mm-hmm. of, and, and also for families, that there's a pressure that if you're not the family who's going to sports camps and doing all these things, then you must obviously not care about your children's health and well-being or whatever. Right. And that, you know, that there's this idea that it can, you can dial it back and, and listen to your child. If, and I think that want to, I guess, maybe just open up that kind of feeling that parents can have that freedom to just, to just play, to just be out there or just to listen to what your children say. Maybe they're interested more in drama, piano, cooking, who knows, but that. That's a very nice set. Isn't but, it? But, you know, if you look at our culture, that's the, think about who is the highest paid yeah. Uh, uh, public employee in any any given state. You know who it is? Football coach. Football coach or basketball coach. Right. It's mm-hmm. that's what we aspire. I couldn't believe all the things that were happening after the Minnesota miracle. Mm-hmm. You know, even in schools, oh, kids were doing the, the school. And, yes. And yes, I'm thinking, yes, yes. oh my God, talk about indoctrination and and well, but it's that. I mean, this yeah, is sorry. what this is what our culture we oh yeah puts up on a pedestal right. and, and values. And that so that's that you really you really are fighting against culture by saying that's true. Oh, it's okay. Like, and that's in the U.S. But around the world, when the World Cup happens. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah, yeah. I mean, so, so that's where, I mean, I'm not, again, say sports are a part of many, many mm-hmm. cultures and why we have the Olympics and all these things. And I think it's finding that balance or, you know, I don't, that's, it's, it's this hard, it's this fine line for me mm-hmm. internally as well, because I enjoy them. Well, as you can see, there's probably more to talk about uh, from future episodes. So we'll, we'll end the conversation here. And I want to say thanks for helping me kind of unpack this idea. Yeah. Thanks, thanks Ross. Ross. Thanks, Ross. Thank you for listening to Teaching with the Body and Bond. We'll be back again next week with another episode. Music is by Big Wheel Popcorn.